Stop the press! It's on! After two sellout events, the Wellness Summit returns to Melbourne in 2015 for two days of powerhouse wellness with your favourite wellness couch hosts at Australia's Wellness Elite. Join us at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre on Saturday, August 15 and 16 for an inspirational, educational, fun, exciting, sensational cocktail of wellness that promises to help you take your life to the next level. Tickets are going like hotcakes and why wouldn't they be? Two days of powerhouse wellness featuring the up for a chat girl the new couch rock star Kale Brock, the natural nutritionist Steph Lowe, special guest Nat Kringudis, Quirky Joe Witten, Marcus Pierce, the Wellness Guys, and more. A limited number of two for one tickets are now available to the public, but you must hurry before they sell out. To find out more, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Pull up a rock by the campfire. It's time for that paleo show with your hosts, Sarah Stewart, Steve Hayter, and the man with no shoes, Brett Hill. That paleo show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Sarah Stewart. I'm Steve Hayter. And I'm Brett Hill. Today's show is dedicated to a very special section of the population, FIFO workers. Fly in and fly out and drive in and drive out workers are subjected to some of the harshest conditions that can be both physically and mentally testing. Long hours, isolation from friends and family, and limited access to healthy and nutritious meals are just some of the problems faced on a daily basis. So what can you do when work seems to dictate the exact opposite methodology to that which we know is good for us? Well, develop better coping strategies, and that's what we're going to chat about today. Here to discuss his book about how we can develop an effective, maintainable, and most importantly, a delicious nutrition strategy based on evolutionary biology is FIFO worker, qualified lifestyle, food, and wellness coach, and author of FIFO, There's a Healthier Way, is Steve Horde. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you very much for that generous introduction. (laughs) You're welcome. We're really happy um, to be able to have an opportunity to take a closer look at some of the issues that FIFO workers are up against. But before we get stuck in, we'd really love to hear a bit about you and what inspired you to write the book. Okay, sure. Um, look, yeah, I guess my, my whole journey with health and wellness started a few years earlier um, prior to working FIFO, and that was inspired by um, a couple of family family uh, health issues and on top of that my own you know I had you know, low testosterone lethargy um, never never like severely overweight but um, you know that last little bit of subcutaneous fat and all that sort of things going on and um, just general low mood and things like that and uh, so I guess yeah I was started my whole health journey uh, researching left of field things you know um, and as I, as I sort of evolved, I guess, and uh, moved into sort of this, this primal health movement, um, yeah, I, I guess when I started working FIFO, I realized that all the stresses of your daily lifestyle are just so heavily amplified in, in this atmosphere, in this environment. And so it really spurred me or encouraged me to um, stay on top of that, you know, and put my health and wellness first. 
and um, yeah, like, I guess, and then I guess how it, how I ended up uh, assisting others or coming to write the book was it's kind of funny. It was just sort of like, oh, why are you eating that? You know, in reference to coconut oil, or why are you always smiling? It's like, <laughs> you know, because unfortunately in the mining industry there is this this stigma attached where it's like, oh, we're miners, you know, like it's it's without you know one of a better word, it's like it's cool or it's it's just the way it is to be skeptical of everything and be down about everything and you know like stuff them. Who are they to tell us? You know, that's just sort of that's how it is. That's how it always has been. Um, and I, so I guess I just sort of stood out like a sore thumb, but, um, I had a lot, <laughs> I had a lot of people, you know, sort of coming up and, and asking me these things and I knew they'd go away forgetting 95% of it because I just, you know, like firing them all these, all these, um, answers left, right and center. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to just write, write down like a page or two and put it on a USB stick or whatever. And I can just hand it to them. Mm. Um, and uh, so that, you know, that half a page turned into a whole page and then that whole page turned into, well, you know what, I need to put a heading here and a heading here. And I went, you know what, I'm just going to make that a chapter and that a chapter. And then it was like, oh, screw it, I'm just going to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I guess that's – does that answer the question or just sort of trailing off there That's <laughs> awesome, Steve. No, that's really good. We love to hear a bit about, you know, um, the, I guess that we have on the show and why you do what you do and you're certainly very passionate about it, which is, is awesome. Um, how have you been received um, since putting your book out there? Yeah, um, honestly, extremely well. Um, it's funny, like you, I guess anyone else who's written a book or, you know, even you're doing your podcast, and it's not about – how much money you make or how well you're known. But at the same time, it's like, well, to get my message out, I need people to, to read the book, you know. I need that awareness. I need it out there. Um, and so I guess in that regard, yeah, it, it is quite doing quite well. But what I guess has been most rewarding for me um, is feedback from uh, the spouses of people that do FIFO or even people that don't do FIFO themselves but are following my blog and that online. Um, and just saying how they're, they're taking things on board, whether it's getting all the blood work done or it's adopting a couple of the nutrition strategies or even the, uh, the mindset, the day-to-day thing, you know, like the, the reason for being and that. Um, and just saying how they've incorporated that into their lives and, and how it's making a difference. And I, it, I guess it's, it's like, oh, my God, like you sit down and it's like what I'm doing is making a difference. Like, like that's why you all start doing these things, you know. It's like to continue the evolution of human species you know you've got a message and you want to share it so they don't have to go through the same sort of heartache or the the tough road that you have um so i guess yeah it has been received quite well and it has reached i guess a market that or an audience that i never expected it to steve one of the things uh, i'm curious about i'm so thankful that you've um you know found a passion in life for this type of mission my dad's a, a fifo worker and and um, he, fortunately, his, his partner is on a, a health journey and so he's decided to switch on to it as well after uh, finally giving away cigarettes for, for you know, most of his adult life. Nice. But um, for those people who are not, um, you know, at that point yet where they're, they're ready to take their health seriously or, or really connect the dots on it, um, I mean, you must come, a, come across it all the time and, and have maybe partners come to you saying, look, I'm really concerned about my husband or my wife. They're, they're just, 
Um, they're really struggling with their health, but they just don't get it. They don't seem to see the connection as to why they're having this, this joint pain or whatever it might be. Um, how do you go about um, sort of introducing that topic to people? <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm sure you guys experience the same thing, but the hardest thing, uh, I guess, one of the hardest things in life is to have an answer that you feel is, is a better or a more efficient way uh, and be able to portray that to somebody whilst not letting them think that what they're doing is wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. And I guess it's it's like uh, a famous quote. I actually I stole from uh, Damon Gamo from uh, the author of that that sugar book uh, or, or that sugar movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. He says that um, in order to tell somebody the truth, you have to make them laugh. Um, and that that really resonated with me, and uh, I do a little bit of of um, public speaking or you know sort of group sessions and that where I'm working as well, um, and and that's exactly it. It's it's <laughs> you can't you can't tell somebody that they're on the wrong track or that there's a healthier way, um, but what you can do is just say, hey, this is something that I've researched. This is something I believe in. Here's my references to back it up, and if you feel so inclined, you are more than welcome to ask questions or do research in your own time or, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so I think your, your original question was how do you give it, how do you, how do you start someone on that journey? Well, the answer is you can't. All you can do is lead by example. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And so, Steve, I guess, um, you know, a lot of the issues that face fly and fly out workers are, I guess, just a, you know, perhaps a slightly amplified version of the issues that are facing workers in general and people in general. You know, I mean, people might not be necessarily doing fly and fly out, but they might be doing shift work or, you know, they might even just be sitting up on their, um, you know, tablet devices too late at night, you know, not getting good sleep. So, you know, are you finding that there are a lot of people who are interested in your book and, and reading the information who aren't necessarily fly and fly out workers as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, Brett, as I was saying, uh, I, I have been getting a lot of feedback from people outside of the industry, uh, which is great. And <laughs> also, too, um, I have, <laughs> I've got a lot of my brother, my younger brother's friends that have all bought the book, and they're just hitting me up left, right, and center with all these questions. <laughs> and uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, I mean, rewarding itself. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just. Uh, it, it, like all everything I learned that you know that I've adopted to this FIFO lifestyle has been from outside the FIFO le- lifestyle. Yeah. So, yeah, everything everything that uh, I experience and that I implement while I'm working away uh, is is yeah directly relatable to day to day life. Yeah. So let's get a bit more specific for those of us that don't know much about, you know, your the FIFO lifestyle. When you're away at work, you know, what does it look like? Where are you living? Is it small? Is it big? What's your access to food like? What do you eat? Um, you know, give us a, a day in the life, Steve. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, so every every uh, FIFO sort of camp is slightly different um, and there are some that I guess are more more um, lifestyle friendly or more suited to, to uh, your sort of health uh, quests than, than others, but I'll speak from my personal experience. Um, so I'm on a 26 and 9 roster, so that's 26 days on, and then they fly you home for your nine days off. Um, and a, a day, so we work, that's 26 days straight we work, 
and we we often get a half Sunday every fortnight. So what that entails is in the start, we I usually get up around three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, um, and I'll, I'll do some qigong, wake myself up, I do a bit of um, sort of yoga stretching and that, just waking my body right up. Uh, then then we'll I, I'm doing sort of fasting and stuff at the moment, but you know, till the PM, but I, I don't really advocate that to others. Um, or I'll do a bulletproof coffee or something like that uh, in the morning. And because, yeah, like who wants to eat? You know, you go into the meal hall. Um, I should specify that we have no cooking facilities or shops available at all. It's just a camp. So what is the camp food is what you've got to eat. Um, so you go in there. And, I mean, unfortunately, there's just that extremely availability of of um, all your processed foods, you know, like your commercial grade bacon, your commercial grade eggs, frozen vegetables, all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, so breakfast. Then we start work at six six thirty, um, and then we work for ten to twelve hours a day. So we, we're getting back to camp between uh, five o'clock to about yeah seven o'clock depending on your shift and then it's pretty much you quickly get home you change you run back outside you train 45 minutes or an hour you run back inside you shower uh, then you have dinner which is obviously provided again at the camp and then you go back to bed and you do it all again for a month straight Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty full on, uh, Steve, and it certainly takes a certain type of uh, of um, person to be able to to uh, to get a well to to make that their living. But uh, also, as you're demonstrating, to be able to thrive in that situation or, or cope extremely well. And um, I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about what you see um, and your your passion with regards to helping with depression. Um, what what are some of the what are some of the um, trouble areas that you see, but also some of the ways that you bring a little bit of lightness to your work environment? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess the biggest thing here to sort of understand is is um, like we're discussing off air. It's like. Everybody thinks, oh, these people, these FIFA workers, they make good money. Like, what are they whinging about? What's the problem? Mm. Um, and, yeah, like the income is is higher than your national average. You know, that's why you do this sort of industry, you know. Um, and so what I'm about, it's not about whinging about it and, and taking the onus off ourselves. Um, you know, they should be doing this, they should be doing that. It's like, okay, I've, making the, I've made the decision to work in this environment, you know, either to get myself ahead or it's just working because I get the time off every month to travel or whatever it is, you know, pay off that house. Uh, so let's let's assess the situation optimistically or at least neutrally and work out a way to, to, to thrive, as you said, in, in this environment. Let's not just get by thinking it's the pit of the earth. Let's let's try and make let's imp- let's not just even stay stagnant with our health. Let's try and improve it. You know, this is our next challenge. This is our next mission. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, what oh became well, yeah, what became so apparent to me within the first month or so of being there um, in this in this lifestyle is that it's it's almost like you're expected to throw away those years of your life to do this and. That did, just didn't go down well with me, you know. I'm like, <laughs> on top of everything else, like, if if I don't be my true self, if I'm not out there 
portraying that there can be this healthier way. Like everyone, it just drags you down. And it, it's, as I'm sure everyone else is aware, negativity breeds negativity, uh, but positivity breeds positivity. Um, and so I guess I, it's sort of uh, my mission there to try and change it or show that there is another option, another way. Um, and so just go back to the original question, Steve, I think you were asking uh, how how do I change that or how do I... Yeah, how do you bring a bit of lightness? Yeah, okay, so basically... Um, I started off, I guess, doing the number one um, do not rule, which is don't preach. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, people are like, what do you mean you don't eat gluten? What do you mean you don't eat three servings of dairy a day? Or, what? <laughs> you know, like, you, it's like try to tell someone to be happy. You can't do it, right? Uh, so I just started being me. Um, and luckily, a lot of people, I mean, I'm not saying I'm the only person that was ever happy on, on a mining site. But um, you sort of group together and you find people that are like-minded and you just sort of start doing your own thing and then that, that sort of running your own show, I guess, it, become, it, it does stand out like a sore thumb and it sort of grabs all the fence sitters. Um, so I guess just through day-to-day conversations, like instead of saying, oh, how hot is it, how humid is it, how crap is the food, it was like, oh, hey, how beautiful is this? People pay to come to places like this, you know, on like <laughs> tropical holidays and wow, this food is, we're not actually paying a cent for this food, you know, it's just all cooked for us, it's all waiting for us, we don't even have to make our beds or do our washing, people do all this stuff for us, like how lucky are we? Um, you know, so it's, it's sort of like if you were subliminal messaging in that way <laughs> um, and then through my blog on Facebook and things like that, I guess that's where I can be a bit more direct and uh, offer more specific information, you know, about uh, health and wellness issues. So whether it's goal setting or whether it's um, identifying your reason for being there, like, is it worth it? Um, people sort of look at me funny when I'm not shy at all for them to say, hey, dude, I don't think this is working for you. You shouldn't be doing this industry or maybe you should take a break from it. And it's like, whoa, what do you mean? Um, and it's like, well, the whole element of this is to improve your quality of life. It's to, to take a step forward. It's to evolve. It's to, to grow. And I don't see you growing, you know, like you said, obviously it's a bit gentler than that, but yeah, um, yeah. so it's a combination of mediums and stuff. And now I'm trying to do stuff through Instagram and that as well, where it's like, do like a 10, 15 second video of like what you do on R&R that makes it all worthwhile, you know, so whether it's your family, whether it's you traveling overseas or, um, yeah, on a surf safari or whatever it is, uh, just, just, uh, yeah. Uh, reliterate why you are here, why it is you do what you do, and let's focus on them uh, instead of the the norm, which is just to say how shit everything is. Sorry if I'm allowed to swear on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think we'll let you off that one, Steve. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, basically, what you're saying is it's about figuring out what your why is, isn't it? I mean, we've talked about that a number of times on the show, but but that's really the key, isn't it? When you can figure out why you're doing what you're doing and and what it is that you want to achieve ultimately then it makes it a lot easier to, A, figure out whether what you're currently doing is helping you achieve that um, and, and I guess, B, get the motivation to do the things that you know you should be doing. Yeah, mate, that's exactly right. Um, I mean, a lot of people, they, they get really up in, fixated in, in the, uh, the nutrition side of things um, and without, I'm not uh, actually qualified in that. I do have a couple of small nutrition modules but I'm not a dietitian or anything so I can't offer specific advice. Um, but everyone gets wound up in, you know, should I be eating 
one and a half tablespoons of coconut oil or should I save my magnesium for bedtime as opposed to, you know, just before bedtime and stuff like that. And it's like, well, I mean, we can, I mean, I love all that sort of stuff. So we can get as nitty gritty as you want, but ultimately above this health and well, above the nutrition, above the sleep, above the shutting down your, you know, your computers an hour before bed, it's, Ultimately, all this is just accumulative to try and improve your level of happiness, improve your level of wellness, and I guess um, achieving your ultimate your ultimate purpose or your your ultimate reason for being here. Uh, so yeah, I guess that uh, that that is the number one purpose. Yeah, like what what am I doing here? Is it worth it? Is it worth a trade off? And can I make it better? Am I happy? Yeah, fantastic. So say you have decided it is worth it and it fits in with your values and, and you're well aligned with the why, what are perhaps the, the top three most common stresses or lifestyle factors and what are your suggestions um, for, for rectifying them, Steve? <laughs> okay. Well, I'd have to say uh, the first one, um, I can't actually give a solution to this one, but the first one is, is uh, probably the length of the roster. Um, now, I mean, look, as I said, it's, it's the trade-off, it's the money and yes, we're here to do it. So, you know, let's not focus on the negatives, but the reality is, um, by the end of 26 days straight, there's a lot of, I don't give a shit sort of attitude going on and I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a spokesperson for anyone or do anything like that, but that's what I see and that's how I felt myself. Um, because it is just so physically and which ends up being emotionally and um, mentally demanding as well. By the end of that time, you're just like, I just need to do nothing <laughs> for a bit. Um, and unfortunately, there is uh, it, it, this this sort of issue is copying a lot of um, sort of querying at the moment about the, the length of their rosters and everything like that. Um, but I, it it really is a significant issue, and I find that it gets a lot of bad publicity because a lot of people come out in the media saying, "Oh." This is, um, you know, like I've been doing FIFA for 20 years and da 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 da. And either they're they're an old school person who's used to, you know, worked on the Harbour Bridge and you know just walked across there with no harnesses, anything worked 20,000 days straight, and just from the old school, you know, where it is what it is. But you know, <laughs> you look at you look at them as like, well, have you had a good life, really? You know. <laughs> They got no kids. They got no family. Their their health's deteriorating. Things like that. Or you've got people that have done it, but they're they're more from like an um, a less physically intensive environment. Either the, you know they're higher up their management or they're in the office and stuff like that. Um, so, but it, the general workforce, which is majority of the FIFO population, um, are out there doing uh, a lot of physical labour in extreme sort of circumstances. So I guess yeah, like the length of the roster is is a big one. Um, the second one, uh, look, I'd have to say from personal experience. Like, once again, I can't say all all um, camps, but it's it's the nutrition quality or the lack of awareness of you know um, what what is going on in in the the health and agricultural industry. Um, but I feel that's probably on par with. <laughs> The rest of the general population, to be honest, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's you know, you walk around and you know, I see signs in the mess and everything. That's like, make sure you have your five whole grains a day, your three serves of dairy, and 
I actually, yeah. um, <laughs> mate, I actually saw uh, they have these little things on the table, like little messages, and it's they were actually undermining coconut oil, like how it's it's not this health wonder product. It's a saturated fat oh, and all yeah. this. And I, I just – and because all the boys know what I'm like, that they're putting it in my face. I'm like, what's going on, Steve? What's all this about? And I'm like, <laughs> do not even show – like I cannot read that. It's just – it's disheartening and sort of angering at the same time, you know. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's uh, that's that's that that's extremely frustrating. Um, and I guess the availability of of fresh food. Um, as I, where I work, everything's frozen before it gets there. Um, and to be honest, even then, it can be. You're lucky if you get broccoli more than twice a week. Um. And it, <laughs> and then on top of that, it's like everything is covered in like sauce, hollandaise sauces and, and whatever else. And, and luckily, I have a good relationship with my chef so I can get, you know, the, um, like my, my, my chicken or my fish like grilled on the side um, without any it, – like it's a hassle to get it done. But, you know, it's like no one cares about your health more than you, so it's worth waiting around and spending the time to know the hand that feeds you, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you will. Um, yeah, so I guess, yeah, the nutrition side of things is a, is a big one. Um, but we have 20 kilos of checked in luggage and I can assure you mine is maximized with, <laughs> with supplements and that to, to get me through the next week. Um, and I guess third, um, the third one, yeah, look, I'm going to actually, it, it, this is so overlooked, but I, I'm sort of a, I don't know if you want to. What, what you call it, if you can call it anything, but I like to observe. <laughs> I like to sit back and observe and people watch watching. things. People watching. We'll call it people watching. I'm actually <laughs> doing it. I'm doing it at the moment on the top story of my unit and I'm looking straight out my window down the street. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and I feel, yeah, I mean, that's a great way to learn, right? You observe. And um, what I see is if you follow um, like Mark, Mark Sisson and that, he talks a lot about you know, the Dunbar Principle. Which is I don't know if you're familiar with that, it, but it's uh, it's basically your sort of the maximum number of people you can have a close connection with. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, so you've got your immediate sort of close friends and family that you live with, so maybe five, ten people max, and then you've got your outside rings and circles, and they say that's around 150 people maximum. Uh, and so when you're in a five day camp, there can be up to five thousand. There's about seven and a half thousand where I am, and there's about five thousand on site at the same time. Wow. Now, I've been there for two and a half years, and I honestly can probably name, like, know by face value, uh, uh, close to a third of them. Um, and then I'd probably even recognise more faces. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot of people, you know. It's like, oh, I walk down, I work in the city and I pass 10,000 people every day, like no drama. And it's like, that's cool. But how many of them do you actually know and feel inclined to speak with you just because they recognize you? And, and it's in the same spot at the same time every day for a month straight. And what I see that there's being, it's like this, this restlessness or this angst, you know? It's like when people, they can't just sit still and enjoy being that. It's like you have to say something. Um, and I honestly believe that that, I'm not saying that any of the camps are any breach of any population or sanitation laws, anything like that. That's not what I'm getting at, but it's just this, it seems like there's so many people that you all know at face value 
it, it disrupts you from your day-to-day activities and it makes it just sort of adds to the tension, I feel, or the angst. So <laughs> I'm actually going to put that one in there. It's, uh, it's, it's never really spoken about, but it's something mm-hmm. that I see. Steve, um, I wanted to uh, finish off with, with, with my last question, and, and that is, uh, you know, you, you've spoken about on your blog and sharing your story about your um, uh, interaction with depression or your bout of depression that you had some years ago, and uh, we, w- we were talking a little bit off air about um, what you did to and, and sort of the community that you got into to, to combat that and to... Um, to make new friends and, and uplift the, the vibe and the mood in your life. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure, mate. Uh, so, yeah, I, I didn't really delve into it that deeply before, but I guess that, that was the lowest point uh, in my life. That would have been back in 2010. Um, it was just funny because I'd just come back uh, from overseas and I just we uh, skydiving actually and I'd just done a, a – a, um, we broke an Australian record over in uh, Paris Valley, that was 112 people all in formation. Yeah. And so I guess, I mean, that was like the greatest high of my life and everything like that and then came back into my the same old working environment and the same old thing. I'd actually taken a loan out for it and everything. Um, and I was and I was actually preparing for a, a bodybuilding competition as well. So I was, you know, the typical – nutrition strategy was the ultra low carb the ultra low fat and like heaps of protein and vegetables so i mean the serotonin and the gut biomaxis that was all out of whack and everything so that wasn't a uh, positive contributing factor um but i i started medication and that and i remember sitting i can remember it so clearly um sitting in the gym and i just did not want to move and it wasn't like muscle soreness or whatever just i had no desire to do anything um, I was just like, and and it just it, the, the medication made it worse, mm-hmm. and it was just that turning point. It was like day two on this medication. I can't remember what it was called, but I was just like, oh my god! Like I have no desire. I, it wasn't like a suicidal thoughts, but I just have no desire for being. I have no desire to do get up or do anything. And that's when I get, that was the turning point for me. I, I got home and I just went, oh my God, like I need to do something. And I'm sick of looking at doctors, looking at, looking to other people for the answer. Like I've just got to do something. And uh, I, I started Googling online and I still remember the name of the book. It was, uh, it's called Visualize and Achieve by Remus Sassoon. Um, and that honestly was the turning point. It started making me aware of that my own thoughts and my intentions and the way I react, the way I think about things. It, it's everything. It really is everything. And people are like, ah, like positive thinking and all that crap. It's all overrated. Um, but what it is, it's like you're only here once. You only get one shot at this. And uh, you know, maybe there are other lives and stuff like that, but I sure as hell don't remember them. Um, so all I know is this life now, and I just want to make it be as healthy and motivated and achieve as much as I can for the simple fact it's fun and I feel good doing it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's like a it's 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 like a snowballing effect, you know. Once you start feeling good, feeling good, feeling it feels good. So then I want to create more flow, and I want to do it again and again and again. And so through 
optimizing my nutrition, through optimizing my relationships, through doing things that I naturally feel inspired on doing. Like it's like I said, just that snowball effect, and it's just where you don't even know where you're going to be by the end of today. You don't know who you're going to know or what you're going to meet. It's just. It's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, Steve. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think, you know, unfortunately that feeling for, for not wanting to participate in life but not understanding why and feeling frustrated mm. is, is more common. And I think the more that we can talk about it, the better. And, and, you know, hearing that you've come out the other side, you know, just firing on all cylinders and with a lust for life and, and wanting to help and support other people is just amazing. So thank you so much. Um, oh. I feel like we haven't done uh, much justice to your book today, but um, <laughs> I want to tell everyone that it, it's super fantastic. Um, you touch on a 28 plan that you challenge people to try um, and uh, see how they come out on the other side of it. So it's called FIFO. There's a healthier way, and it was written with FIFO workers in mind. However, it does provide a really informative read for anyone that wants to lose body fat, look better, and eat healthier the way that nature intended. So this book is for those of you that want to improve your mental outlook and sleeping patterns, mitigate stress, maintain healthier relationships, or just improve your overall health and wellness. Um, it's available for Apple devices on iTunes, uh, for Kindles on Amazon, and in paperback via, via Booktopia. So it's a great gift for anyone you know in your life as well. And to access a wealth of information, we touched on it briefly, um, but Steve does have an amazing blog, which is www.fifowellness.com. And you can also like FIFO, There's a Healthier Way on Facebook. So there you have it. I hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we did this week. Remember, you can join the conversation by liking that Paleo Show on Facebook and following us on Instagram. Until next week, continue to share your story and help to grow the Paleo tribe worldwide. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.